ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Jeremy. Long time no talk. It has. We, uh... We took a little break for the holidays, and then last week, I had a, I was under the understanding that we were just going to not do it, and then he texted me, and I was like, oops. But yeah, no, I'm glad we can get back at it for the new year. How was your holidays? Quiet. Yeah. And that's uh, what we wanted this year? Yeah. So I got I got some questions. What was your uh, Christmas Day dinner? What'd you eat? Or your uh, big Christmas meal? Turkey. The traditional, you know, mm-hmm. American Christmas dinner. Right on. That's what my mother-in-law wanted, so, because uh, they had been on that cruise for a month, and it turned out to be horrible, and uh, so, you know, I cooked the turkey, green bean casserole, we had some, this potato uh, casserole stuff you know just the standard american fare yeah yeah you know green bean casserole i think i I hear i've heard that talked about a lot this year when people talk about their dinners i don't know unless i'm just different i don't know if that's popular in canada i mean i know what it is and i know that i've had it but i've never been to a christmas dinner where it's been there and it, it seems to me like that's like the classic when you have turkey you have green bean casserole it's for thanksgiving or christmas I, I I used to love it. You only get it once a year, so. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do wife saver? You know what that is? Who? Wife saver? No, I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, you could just look it up. It's funny. People say it's like the greatest thing and the recipe hasn't changed. Just the name is outdated. So anyways, it's um, you take white bread, you lay it on the bottom of a... A, like a glass baking pan or whatever. I don't know the whole recipe, but you put like, you take egg, salt, pepper, put them in there, uh, put ham on, sliced ham on top, uh, chives, blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of cover the whole thing with cornflakes. And then Christmas morning, it's a tradition. And it's not us. Like I, I grew up as a kid doing this. Steph grew up, she did this as a kid. We do it every year. And it's a very common thing here. And I think in the States too, but you just throw it that way. First thing Christmas morning, you put it in there and you can open up presents. And as soon as they're done, you got a nice, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's like a, a breakfast casserole sort of, but we do that every single year. And, and that's the thing that we only have once a year. That's what made me think of it when you said the green bean casserole once a year. That's what we do once a year. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. Kids, kids had lots of fun. Lots of presents and all that, all that good stuff. We do, uh, so we do Christmas Eve at my parents' house, and uh, be it'd be interesting because they're look. I think they're going to sell their farm here. Um, they're just finding it too much to look after it, and so they're looking at they're going to parcel off like thirty-one acres of it. The, my dad's going to keep all the land that he can still rent out, but they're going to. It's like a thirty-one acre parcel. So next Christmas might be different. I don't know if we'll do it here, but it's always a tradition. We go out there. 
they go snowmobiling every Christmas Eve, and then you know they got the hot tub and. But I don't know. It'll be be weird to see what happens next year, or this year, I guess. But you guys travel at all, or no? That's nice, huh? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I dig it. I dig the low key Christmas. You know. Yeah. If I I want it either where you have a lot of happy kids running around creating ruckus, or Nothing, mm-hmm. you know, just quiet, serene. Um, you know, with Christmas, you can do the, I mean, with kids around, you can do what Christmas is, you know, really there for and the Santa Claus part. Mm-hmm. But without kids, you know, the Santa Claus part is kind of stupid to me. Yeah. And <laughs> we've decided... Uh, we've tried this over the years and it just doesn't work. But this year I said, nope, no presents. Just, if you want something throughout the year, get it when it's, I don't know, cheaper. But Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just the – and if you want a present, tell me. Yeah. But, you know, you have everything you want. You don't want anything. You won't tell me what you want, so that's what you're getting. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know – Jokey joke, but and I love Christmas trees. It was a pain in the butt to put up, take down. Yeah, I burnt. Uh, I've never done lights. No, because uh, we've always been in a house we weren't staying in, and now that we're at this house, uh, yeah, I'm not putting (laughs) lights up because the only people that would see it would be me, and I don't live outside. Yeah, I know. Well, the deer going to come up and go, oh, wow, look at the Christmas lights. That's right. You know, we put up, uh, you know, kind of more summertime lights that they're just like, they're LEDs, but they're the yellow light LEDs and patio lights, they call them. Yeah, so we put those up on our front porch, and it's nice because in the summertime, we turn those on, you get a nice mood, right? Like, you can stay out there till you know, 10, 11 o'clock, it's still warm. And so we put those up for the summertime, and I'm like, you know what? They work for Christmas, too, so just flick those on. Uh, the first year we lived in this house, I went and did lights around the whole perimeter of our, our gutters and it was great. And then I went and did it the second year and half of the light strings didn't work. And, oh, they're, they're the worst invention on earth. I don't know why. Maybe they have and I don't know, but it seems you can't buy Christmas lights that just work. And okay, the way they're wired up, like in series or whatever, it's like one bulb fails, then that's a whole string of that one. And which bulb is it? You got to pull everyone out. Oh, it's the worst thing ever. I hate Christmas lights. If they worked, I would love them, and I'd put them up. We used to, when we lived in Strathmore, man, I, I did my roof, I did my chimney, I did everything. I went crazy. I had one of the better houses on the street, and I, I mean, our kids were really little then, and I was younger. I had the energy, you know what I mean? Like, there was barely 30 years old. Of course, I could climb up and down a ladder all day long, but yeah, we didn't do any Christmas lights this year. We did them like inside the kids' rooms if they wanted them. They could, you know, have their Christmas lights on stuff. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, and we had uh, we had a like super cold spell. We're finally starting to warm up. It's like minus twenty three this morning. But <laughs> yeah, oh, it's brutal. we had Christmas Christmas Day that day in the evening. I think we we're down to like minus thirty seven. 
which is like minus 37 Fahrenheit. Minus 40 is where they equal out, where they're the same. So it's just been insanely cold, man. Like, oh, like you go plug in your vehicle, you let the block heater heat it up, and then you go to start it. And like the, you know, your display, your LCD display, it, <laughs> it does the weirdest stuff because it's too cold. It's not meant to work in that temperature. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, yeah, one of the cars I had had one of those and it had a heads up display. Yeah. And it got uh it was the two years after Snowmageddon there in the DC area. Yeah, yeah. And it got just below zero, like brutally cold for a couple of days, just unseasonable. It was like warm and then boom. Uh and the car had a frowny face on it. Really? On the little screen where the temperature was. It was oh, like, that's funny. I don't know, minus seven. It had a little frowny face. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, and that's been our weather here. We were unseasonably warm. And uh, right after the tornadoes ripped through uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Just north of here, in fact. And uh, they unseasonably warm. Next day. You know, 20 degrees. Wow. And now we got uh, beautiful snow. Yeah, Zero. When I woke up this morning. So how many inches of snow have you accumulated, do you think? Well, <clears throat> I was posting some pictures to Instagram yesterday. And yeah, I saw that. When it started, one hour later, and then four and a half hours, five and a half hours later, at five, and a, at five hours, it was at the bottom rail of our fence, which is exactly... Five inches off the ground. Oh wow, that's a lot of snow. A lot, but it's really fluffy snow. That yeah, that's it a good sticks stuff. to you and it's really wet and it's fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. Right on. Yeah, you know we <clears throat> we get cold temperatures here. Uh, like the coldest I've read so far outside my door is minus thirty eight this year, and that's cold. Like it's 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 I don't know it's. You can't describe it unless you've been in if it. You, it's once you put a negative in front of it, it's cold. Yeah, but there's a big can, difference. Like between minus twenty Celsius and minus thirty eight Celsius is very, very different. <clears throat> it's the same as found, going from freezing to minus twenty. And I found, depending on the moisture in the air, up in Montana, <clears throat> like if it was dry, yeah, and you had because it gets incredibly. Low humidity there in the winter. Same as we Probably have for here. you too. Yeah. If it's not snowing. Yeah. And so, it, you know, minus 10, it, it's just cold. You know, no big deal. Minus mm-hmm. 20, no big deal. If there's moisture in the air, it's just to the bone cold. Yeah. And, there's a, and it's just miserable to work yeah. outside at night at minus 30, minus 40. Just miserable yeah oh it's unless it's you have the ability to go i have to do this anyway There's, i have no choice so just ignore it yeah some people can do that i was one of them and some people can't they're just you know so focused on the miserable nature that they're out in that yeah. they can't do anything i'm like yeah there's nothing i can do about it so you know yeah you know what amazes me is that so yesterday I was like starting to burn some of the wood that we all the offcuts that we have from our making signs and you'll you'll cut a sign to size and then you see a crack through it and so I try and break it and yeah so I, I bet 
<clears throat> when I buy 40 boards, I bet one of them, well, the one of them usually is like, I can't even use it. It's just, and it, it takes too long to sort through the lumber yards. So I'm just like, whatever. It's a waste of my time. It's more efficient to find that out in the process. Um, probably two of the boards in total end up in the scrap bin. Like, cause you know, you have little cutoffs and this and that. And so we got this huge pile of p- boards and we told the kids after the rush is done, we're going to have a big bonfire. Um, but this pile is probably like 10 feet long by five feet wide by four feet high. <laughs> and so it's, it's way more than you need for a bonfire. Like that would last all. So I started burning some of it yesterday and I want to get a good hot bed of coal so I could throw the Christmas tree on there and burn it. And when I went to light the fire is minus 26 and I didn't have my face covered and I was outside for about 10 minutes. And when I got in, like it hurt, it felt like little pins poking my skin. And then I went out again, I had a bunch of stuff to do. I wanted to like organize a few things in the shipping container, you know, shuffle a bunch of stuff around, burn some cardboard. And so I was like, going to be outside for like an hour or two. And I put a real thin balaclava. Uh, my wife bought it for me a couple of years ago for like cycling and running. It's, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like the fabric that women's leggings are made of, like the thicker type yeah. made out of that type of fabric. And I thought this isn't going to do anything. And I was like, whatever, I'll just put this on. I was outside for two and a half hours and I was absolutely comfortable. And it's amazing. Like just that little protection over your skin, that little bit of in- insulation and, and your skin obviously radiates heat. And it's just enough that, man, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to need a big, huge wool balaclava to stay warm. I couldn't believe how comfortable I was. It was unbelievable. Another note, have you have you ever tried lighting gasoline when it's like minus 30 out? Yeah. It It's slow. Like I, you know, I'm in the summertime, I, I put a little gasoline on my fire. I always use gasoline because I'm like, I'm not wasting time. I just want this to burn. Put a little sprinkle on there. Boom. Okay, good. I put a lot on yesterday and I think I probably threw 20 matches at it and they were hitting, like, I mean, I light fires all summer long, and finally I had to go up to it, and I just set it down on there, and it slowly started. If you light gasoline, you go, if you're ever in minus 40 or colder, take a margarine container, put a little bit of gasoline in it, and try and light that. You literally have to hold flame to it. You can't drop a match, and match goes out. You literally have to take a blowtorch and put it there to get the gasoline to burn, and then it'll burn like it's uh, kerosene or, or those cooking oils. It's incredible what the temperature does to it. In the summertime, you put yeah. it on there and throw it, boof, you know, not so in the winter. Yeah, we tried to light uh, frozen diesel one time. Yeah, I can't do it. Could never get it to burn. Yeah. It's funny, hey? It's funny how cold affects that. And the interesting, too, is that when it's cold, there's more oxygen in the air. You'd think it would work better. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, what else is going on? New Year off to a good start. You stay up to midnight. I've never done that. <laughs> we did. This I mean, year. literally, I've never done it. Um, I, New Year's is one of those things I don't understand. Yeah, don't believe and, in. And I guess it, it might be because I, I had a overseas military young life. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, so what are you going to do this weekend? Oh, it's New Year's. We're going to go party. Oh, so it's like every weekend for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. You're bringing the new year. Why? <laughs> what's it done for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, 
we when we were like before we had kids, we'd always have like New Year's parties at our house, mostly just because it was a fun chance to eat hors d'oeuvres all night. That's what I loved about it, right? Like we did the, you know, we always have people over for fondue, so get a fondue going and you know, do fondue for an hour or so, and then you get the next round of appetizers, and it was like all appetizers midnight and. I mean, we never partied. Like, I think when we were first married, we'd have people over and nobody would even drink. Like, there'd be no alcohol there. We're just visiting, you know, having fun, drinking coffee, eating food. And then once we had kids, we're like, you know, I I don't really care. And we haven't done it forever. And uh, this year we weren't planning on it, but we started watching movies and it just kind of worked out that we're up till New Year. And so kids thought that was cool. We all stayed up. What did we watch? Uh... It's a Wonderful Life, the classic. Yeah. Yeah, we watched that. I've never seen that one before. My mom watches it at Christmas time, but I've never seen it. So we watched that when it ended like at 11.45 or something. So we just stayed up and and then I get to do all the dad jokes like, well, kids, you're not going to see me for another year. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Yeah, yeah like what, on the first, you start seeing the, at least in my feed anyway, you start seeing the memes. Uh Talking about dad jokes where he goes, I'm so proud of myself. I haven't bought a gun all year. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Really? Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So proud of myself. I haven't fill in the blank, you know, crazy. Yeah. I, you know, as of late, you know, last couple of them, maybe instead of a new year's party, we should have been having a, uh, burial for the outgoing year. Yeah. A seance or something. Do you know so funny? I, and I noticed that too. Like so many people I follow, I, I noticed a theme that people are like, sayonara, I'm so glad to see 2021 gone. And it's like, I, I always want, I want to put one up and I, I don't want to offend people, but this was a post I always had in my mind as like 2022 equals 2021. Unless you think differently and act differently, why would this year be different? Everybody thinks that, oh, good, it's going to be over. I'm like, I'm telling you, <laughs> you guys do the same thing. You believe the same bullshit. This year is going to be the exact same or worse. I predict, I have a future prediction. This year, 2022, will be the year of the human pincushion. <laughs> I think 21 was practice. Think, uh, now we're going to kick it into high gear. <laughs> I, I think it might be a little different. I don't think so. <clears throat> no, Biden has set the stage for a change, unexplained or inexplicable, you know, U-turn, at least as far as the administration goes. Um, he's, you know, said little things in and out of context. So, you know, thing, an example would be one of the things he said was there's no federal solution to this. There's no political, you know, governmental solution. Uh, so he's already setting the stage to, yeah, y'all are on your own. There ain't nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Is that- but, you know, which is what they should have done two years ago, you know, but whatever. Don't want to get into it. Yeah. Um, it's it's so funny because you look back and he's like, I will end this disease. I will stop COVID. We have a plan. We will take it down. I will kill the virus. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Well, like those, you did Al Qaeda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Did you see him doing the, the Santa tracker? 
<laughs> he's on TV, and then the guy called in who's talking to him. He's like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah, one more thing. Let's go brain. He goes, yeah, that's right. Let's go brain. <laughs> it's like, dude. Oh. He is. Like, the, the name that you called him, Puddinhead, Mr. Puddinhead, that is the greatest. Because yeah. even when you see the camera look close up on his face, and if he looks into the camera, there is nothing inside of those eyeballs. Like, there's a hollow, hollow mind there. He's gone. Like, he's gone. Unbelievable, the things he says. I, I found some YouTube channels. I don't know how they're still out there, but um, they don't. I think one thing they do is they don't ever talk. They just play clips from media, other like CNN and interviews and stuff. It's like, wow. He's what, he starts giving his address, and he's uh, 90 degrees to the podium. And somebody has to come up there. He's like, no, no, face this way. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who who was it? I would like every single person that voted for him just to look at him in his speech and say, I gave that guy the power to run this country. That was me. <laughs> so funny. It's special. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord. I, uh. I looked for it again, but I can't find it. But I saw a, one of those two-panel or three-panel memes uh, where it was showing a uh, a fictional representation of what the presidential briefcase looks like. You know, it's just got the <laughs> nuclear buttons and the red phone and all that in it. Yeah. And then it showed Biden's, and it was a, a, a Mattel toy speaking spell. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's hilarious <laughs> that's good stuff yeah it's funny it's it's crazy hey yeah so um does canada have something equal to or at least comparable in job to like the vice president i don't does old uh i don't uh, think so does well, like, the, the Canadian Don have? <laughs> yeah. Justine, Trudy. Yeah. No, Don Justine. Yeah. No, we we don't. I don't think. At least it's not nearly, because I know the Vice President of the United States of America is a much more prominent. We may? I'm well, sure not when, it go, not when Chewbacca goes missing for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um. <clears throat> yeah. No, I don't know. You know, she's the answer to the question: Can we find a a woman that looks less like a woman than Michelle Obama to put in the White House? Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think we do. Our Canadian government is so funny. If you watch, <clears throat> like it, and I. Same thing, and in, in you when we watch like this different channels that'll actually show you the discussions that go on in Senate and in Parliament and all this stuff, and it's like, it's literally, it is just a pissing match. They they stand up, Mr. Speaker, would the right honorable Prime Minister tell us why this and this and this and this, and then they'll kind of make a joke and say something derogatory, and then Justine will get up and say, Ms. Right Honorable, blah, 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 this, blah, blah. and it's like literally they're just, like they're... If my kids were, were having an argument in this manner, I'd be like, stop it. Both of you stop talking and go to your bedrooms. I'm not listening to this. But that is literally what what we have decided 
is a good way to run a country. And I'm like, man, are we ever retards? Like we as a society are so stupid. Yeah. It's insane. Well, like watching the parliament over in England, they do the same thing. You know, they just allegedly politely by using all the right honorables and they just yeah. call them the most horrendous names. Right. Yes. Or they used to. And, uh, well, my right honorable colleague from Nottingham's a douchebag and blah, blah, blah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's how you conduct. And then that's all you would see on the news back then in, of English Parliament until they have something that could be equated to our C-SPAN where it mm-hmm. runs 24 hours a day. So on the news clips, you see them arguing, right? Mm-hmm. And they're having a session, and they're just going back and forth, lambasting each other. And then the session ends, and they get up, and they start, I don't know, having a smoke together. Yeah, yeah. Talking about, you know, dinner that night. I'm like, really? All that crap is just um, a play for your voters. Yeah. Yeah, and even, even like, I don't know if they name call so much, but and just the things they... I don't know I, they pop up sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see this. YouTube tries to recommend them to me, and I don't watch them. But I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I have been getting some the craziest outs and left field, literal and phys, um, literal and figuratively, uh, suggestions from YouTube. But um, things I would be interested in. It has quit showing me, mostly, right? Mm. Like not like it used to. Yeah. But you know how if you scroll in the uh, in the home section where it'll go recommended, new to you, from your subscriptions, news, gaming, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll go down to woodworking, and there'll be somebody rebuilding a car, or Oh, this is my new computer. How's that woodworking? Yeah, yeah. And the whole line, not one thing had anything to do with or had a channel that had anything to do with woodworking. Hmm. You know, that that's a problem, I, I think, YouTube. <clears throat> their algorithm changes all the time. And I, I listen to some podcasts that are, like, supposed to help you optimize your YouTube channel. And... You know, they'll go through strategy and they always want to have like the hot new tip and, oh, we got an email from YouTube itself saying that they're going to try this. And this. and the one thing they'll often talk about, and I don't think they, they, they should talk to it more, but they say that the YouTube of algorithm, the algorithm of YouTube changes so quickly that even people that work there are probably not, not everyone that worked there, works there is up to date on the changes. And so when I see that, I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> Trying to optimize for an algorithm in my mind is stupid because it is changing all the time. And, oh, TikTok came out. So now we're going to do shorts. And, no, oh, we're going to do this. And they're just, I think that they would do themselves a service if they said, hey, what are we? What is YouTube? YouTube is long-form content where anyone with a camera that wants to share anything can do it. If you're interested in beekeeping and you've, you want to make a video about it, then do it, right? And... And it's just like YouTube, they, I mean, how much money do they need to make? How much money does Google need to make? If you want to learn how to do something like, okay, how to change the timing chain in my car, I go to YouTube. I don't go to TikTok. I don't go to Instagram. But if I'm just like, you know what? I, I just want to see what's going on. 
you know, I got 10 minutes in line here. I had a drive through. I want to, okay, I'm going to go to Instagram. I'm not going to go to YouTube. I'm not going to start watching a video. And it's like, I don't know. I wish they would kind of realize their role. And, and maybe I, I totally don't see things, but just from a consumer standpoint, from the outside looking in, it's like all these things that YouTube changes. It's like, I don't want this. This isn't why I come here. I don't want to see shorts. Shorts, I can see them on Instagram when I got a quick little minute here, a blip, 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 and I want to kill some time, you know? And it seems weird. I'm about sick of Instagram. Are you? Because I went through 100 posts on Instagram on my feed, right? Yeah. 100. 68 of them were advertisements. Oh, yeah. Well, especially this time of year. And I don't see, like, Are you looking right now? Most of your posts I see immediately, right? Yeah. But, like, I have family members that we keep up with each other through Facebook and Instagram. I might see a post of theirs for a week later, three three days later. And it gives them the impression I'm not, you know. You don't care. I don't care. Like, no, I just saw it. Oh, no, they don't do that. Really? Uncle, Uncle Todd's a jerk. Do you work there? Yeah. You know. Oh, I know. You know, I, so I know someone who works at Facebook. They're very high up in their legal department. And I know somebody that works at YouTube. Uh, and he, he's not allowed. I don't know why. Um, private corporations that say, oh, you can't tell anybody what you do or where you work is stupid to me, but that's just me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I understand the ideas behind it. I just think it's stupid. Anyway, um, he works at YouTube. He has a degree in uh, basically – if you had to boil down what he does for a living, uh, is writing code, but it's a very specific kind of code. It's a, it runs in what he does runs in the background, um, looking for flaws in other people's code. Mm. Anyway, uh, like cybersecurity kind of stuff. Well, anyway, he can't tell you what department he works in and anything like that. I mean, he has offline, but... And both of those individuals say those corporations are just so screwed uh, because they they try to be, oh, all things to all people. Oh, but you have to believe what we believe or we're going to censor you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting to get in trouble for it now. Facebook. Well, what the lawyer friend of mine, or not friend, but guy I know, he spent thirteen or fourteen months working on one question: Can we get away with see, uh, censoring people? Hmm. You know, cancel culture stuff. Yeah. And in the end, he said no. Um. But he was in a he had a moral dilemma with the question yeah. instead of a legal dilemma. Uh, 
Anyway. And that's be- a tough, because tough one. YouTube and Facebook and Instagram have a certain protection in the United States. Uh, as long as you don't censor the content of your content creators, you can't be held liable for what they put on. But mm-hmm. the minute you start censoring Todd, you're now liable for what Jeremy does. Yeah. Because you're a filter at that point. Yeah. And unless you filter everybody. But they're getting away with it because they still enjoy the protection, at least here in America, and they're censoring. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, hopefully it's a matter of time before something happens here in North America like uh, that weird crossbow guy did in Europe. Yeah. But I don't know that we need to start a union, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people think that it should be government regulated. And it's such a, you know, it's this whole thing. You and I both, I think, are very strong on the thing. It's like, okay, free freedom, right? Like, if it's my company, I can do my company my way. And then it's like, well, you know, if YouTube is a private company or whatever, um, you know, does the government have a right to say you're not allowed to censor? And at the same time, it's like, well, no, government regulation for nothing. You never have it. But then it's like, okay, but what about the utility companies? Those are all government regulated. And that maybe that's a good thing? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's such a weird thing because some people are like, well, natural gas, if it was unregulated, now all of a sudden they're going to take half of your paycheck to heat your home. So it's a good thing the government comes in and regulates it. But Maybe instead of government regulation, we need somebody else to start their own and offer a lower price, and let's just have competition and a free market. It doesn't really work. It sounds good, and we've tried it, but what happens is, um, you know, Standard Oil is Standard Oil, and Exxon is Exxon, and Mobil is Mobil, and then over time, they all get bought up by one giant conglomerate, and now even though they appear to the base consumer to be separate corporations, they're not. Mm-hmm. And they, they slowly drive up the price of each other because they're controlled by the same, you know, uh, corporate oligarchy. But uh, the problem with things like YouTube, <clears throat> anything, any company over the Internet, right, can you do the same thing with no internet? Like uh, your business, yes, you can. In theory, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. YouTube cannot. Yeah. And the internet they go through, even if uh, it's a public utility. Mm. You know, I, it, that's what it boils down to. There's mm. a lot of uh, legal isms involved, but it's still in the internet in the United States, at least is considered a public utility. Yeah. I'd say around the world. And so therein lies the rub for companies like Google, YouTube. Well, they're Google owns YouTube, but, uh, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. If you're going to, Anyway, if you're going to be a place for content creators, right? 
mm-hmm. and you don't say going in, we're going to censor you. We only want Republicans or Democrats or Green Party, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can't. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed. And uh, to let... Uh, and here's the thing. You don't have to... If you're writing a algorithm that only that will look for things and pictures and actually some of their algorithms are now monitoring videos for physical gestures hmm. right <laughs> if they're that smart then you can tie your your oh so important to you advertising into that yeah because you don't have to censor Todd. You just don't have to monetize him. Mm-hmm. Unless uh, advertisers don't mind. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you don't like it doesn't mean an advertiser wouldn't just love it because I, I don't know. Of the 300 million Americans, uh, 210 million agree with that guy you don't want to monetize. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't care if the company who's giving you advertiser dollars don't even like Todd's videos. They want to monetize it because they're going to get money. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I think YouTube too, like, I, like they're not responsible, right? Like there's a, I, I had a, a video of mine is one I did in the five day knife making challenge where I make five day, five knives in five days. I made this knife. And at the end of it, I showed how sharp it was by shaving my arm hair off. And that's a testament Uh-oh. that shows it's decent. Yeah. Flag demonetized. I, you know, asked for it to get blah, blah, blah. And it was just like an algorithm thing. And you have another option. Say, would you like a person at YouTube to look at this? I said, yes, please. And they looked at it and they sent me an email back saying, uh, I know there's technically nothing wrong, but shaving your hair could be misconstrued with self-cutting. No, and I can't. It, <laughs> I know. But at, <laughs> no, at the I same, I, well, I, I you know what, if you just walked by, say if you're walking by a room, if I was in high school and I had a knife on my arm and you literally got like half of a second to see, maybe it could be, I, I could see that. But if you're watching a video and you're here at the very end of the video, you are going to know, it's not like my thumbnails, me with a knife on my arm, <laughs> on my wrist even, right? If, if you saw that, you've watched me build this thing. And so you're never going to, you know, like in a certain context, yeah, if you just saw one, like a flash of a second clip of a guy with a knife to his arm, like, don't know what he's doing. My uh, my go-to is like, he's probably testing a knife for sharpness because that's how that's how you do it. But, um... Well, if you make a knee-jerk reaction, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. If you only see one second of a 59-minute video and you make a determination of what that video is about in one second, you're the problem, not the video. Mm-hmm. I don't care if in 30 minutes into the video, he is self-cutting. You didn't know that. Yeah. And even if I was, and if the the problem is that we have, as a society, we've gotten away from personal responsibility, right? Oh God, yes. Like I'm I'm like, okay, what should you censor on YouTube? I'm like, what, what about how to make a gun? I think you should be able to learn how to make a gun. I think you should be able to learn how to make a bomb because that knowledge doesn't do anything. Now, if I'm dumb enough to, to go out and do it improperly or if you, if you feel like, oh, we can't show them that because then they might do it. It's like, well, where's their freedom of choice? You took that away. 
you know, at what point they're gonna be like, you know, we we feel that knives are too dangerous. We don't want you to show people how to make them. And that is the case. Like my CPM, the amount of monetization that's applied toward my videos is significantly lower than I'm in a very, very, I'm still allowed to be monetized, but I'm low, 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 low. Like I talked to other YouTubers that have like just homesteading channels and they're all about two to three times more than I make on YouTube. And that's significant. Like that, that's the difference between me doing YouTube full time and me being like, yes, it's supplemental income. You know, and it's BS, and here's why. Uh, one of the, my favorite people to use as examples of outliers, Jimmy Duresta. Yeah, and he makes sharp, pointy objects. He has shown him shaving his arm. Yeah, I know. He's still know. one of the most monetized human beings on YouTube. And what does he put out? Nothing. How do you mean? I mean, he doesn't put out much content. I think that's like a video a week or something. Eh, I mean, there was six months he didn't put out anything. Yeah, with TV, he's got TV shows and all that stuff going on. What? Uh, what does that mean to you, Jim? Nothing. No, I know, I, I know, but you know, it's it's interesting. Like the reason I don't like I'm not super super serious. And he about, has a TV show. No, uh, the reason I'm not super serious about YouTube is because after the adpocalypse, my money went down. Like when I had. 20,000 subscribers. I made more money then than I do now. I don't know what I have. I've no, I have no clue how many subscribers I have. It's like 200 something. I don't know. But, but you see, and so it's like, okay, so I'm going to try to make a video a week, but honestly, I have got like monetarily, there's zero mon uh, motivation for me to make content because it literally isn't worth my time. Now, there are a lot of benefits to it. Like, I mean, I've got, you know, sponsorships. I just renegotiate again. Uh, I found out that like I fulfilled my contract with princess auto and they, we were just, they sent me it yesterday. I've got a new contract. So I'm like, sweet, this is good. So, you know, but uh, the monetization from YouTube is terrible and it's because I'm knife making stuff. Right. And so it's like, okay, cool. Well, if YouTube says that this is too dangerous, this isn't friendly. Here's the thing. I, I like, I consider my YouTube channel fairly wholesome, right? Like, uh, there's no swearing in it. Uh, you could sit kids in front of it and they might be bored to tears, but it's nothing that you're going to be like, oh, shut that off, right? Like it's wholesome content. Yes, we make knives, but the knife is probably the single most important tool to every human on earth. I challenge anybody on earth, just go ahead and live for three days without using a knife once. You can't. Everybody likes knives. And it's not like I make tactical knives. It's not like I make stabbing knives. There's so many of the knives I want to make, I can't legally make because of the country I live in, right? We're talking chef's knives, little EDC knives so you can cut open packages. Or if you're hunting, you can skin game, like whatever. And, and then most of the stuff is, a lot of my videos, most of them aren't even making a knife. It's, I don't know, gibberish. It's shop stuff, right? But if... If YouTube would say, okay, you know what? He's not doing anything bad. Yeah, he's making knives and some people don't like it. Who cares? Just monetize them. I would actually be like, cool, let's make some content now. But I've got like zero. I mean, I do. I kind of enjoy it, but it's also kind of like, eh, it's really not worth my time. Uh, I make a lot more money doing a lot of other things. So people are like, oh, I wish you had more videos. It's like, well, cool. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be poor because you want to see me make knives more. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a weird thing. A frustrating thing but um speaking of that i got a you know what i so you know how much i hate gopro how much we bash gopro oh yeah 
I bought the GoPro 10. And then, yeah, I've been looking at it too. But you know what I like I about not, it? I won't buy it, but because there's so many people that have issues with it. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's like every freaking Everyone, GoPro. Yeah. You know, so I, I always thought, yeah, sure, whatever, another GoPro. Like, And then Peter McKinnon did one, and it was a sponsored <laughs> video by GoPro. And he said, well, GoPro's paying me to make this video. And I don't know why. He said, they sent me this thing. They pay me to make this video. And I've never said good thing. And he hasn't. Every time a GoPro comes out, he gets it and then just bashes it. And then, um, anyways, he talks about it and used it for a while. And he said, well, he said, I got to hand it to you, GoPro. He said, this is the first camera that you've made. He says, I don't know if this is just the one you sent me. But he said, of any GoPro I've ever had, this is the most reliable. And he said, you guys have been a very unreliable camera for me. (laughs) And then at the end of it, he goes, well, he goes, with my experience, it's pretty good. And he says, and GoPro, I apologize for saying all the bad things about your other cameras. And then he did this little, like, rewind, like, he goes, no, I'm not. All those old cameras suck. He goes, this is the first time I can say something half good. But thank you for sponsoring my video anyways. <laughs> and so I was like, wow. Um, but the thing I like about it is when I turn it on, it turns on. And I film with it, and it just keeps filming. And when I turn it off, do you know what it does? It turns off. And it saves your video. Yeah. It doesn't automatically, mysteriously disappear. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, one guy was talking about um, the nine that he had. He was, I don't know how you create a technology that deletes the middle part of a video <laughs> that was never cut. Yeah. You know, how do you do that? It was there, and now it's not. Yeah. Oh man, I tell you what. But you know the session, do you remember the session ones, the little cubes? They had a session yeah. four. So the session four I had, and that is the best GoPro I've ever owned. I started buying GoPros at I think three. That was the first one I bought. Like when the kids were little, we went on a Disney cruise. I'm like, oh, let me buy a GoPro Hero 3. And you know, before they had screens on them or anything. Um But then it was okay, kind of worked all right. But then the Session 4 came out. I had a GoPro Hero 4, and then I bought the Session 4, and the Session 4 was unbelievable. Like, you just turn it on, turn it off. Not a lot of options. You know, you can't adjust all this. It's like stabilization on or off, or wide or standard view. There's no... uh, But, man, I still use it. Like, when I'm doing sandblasting videos and I want a camera in my blast cabinet, I put um, clear Gorilla Tape on the lens and over the speaker holes, and you press that real nice and tight, and it's it's decent enough for the shot that I'm getting. And I can film myself sandblasting with a camera in the blast cabinet. And I, it's so nice because I got a little piece of Velcro on the inside of my cabinet, and I've got a piece of Velcro uh, on the GoPro just permanently affixed. So I literally just stick it there like this. And I know when I use that little camera, every time I hit record, it's going to record until the battery runs out or the card's full. And then when I hit stop, it's going to be there. And I've never once had a single issue with that camera. And I bought the Session 5 because it had better specs. Issues. Uh, wouldn't shut off. It just wasn't reliable. And I got rid of that one. I had a buddy who was like getting into snowmobiling videos. And so I said, here, you want this? It doesn't work half the time. <laughs> so he's like, oh, sure, I'll take it. I kept my 4 because it still works. I still have it. And I bought the 7 was, was in that last one. At the time, I could have bought the 8, but I'm like, the 8 doesn't have a removable lens cover. And I'm like, if I scratch this, if I'm grinding a knife and I scratch it, 
I don't want to have to send it back to GoPro, right? I'd rather just buy a replacement screen or lens cover for it. And then they've gone back to that now with, with uh, I think, the 9 and the 10. But so far, I'm impressed. It's big, though, man. It's way bigger. And I, I saw that in videos. People talk about the size increase. I don't know if that happened. I think it was on the 9 that they got bigger. But, man, I can't believe how much bigger it is than the 7. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. What do you think about the new batteries, the white ones, that they say are better, more reliable? I, are there new? Mine came with a blue battery. Yeah, there's a new white battery allegedly that's supposed to be more reliable. Oh, better hold. You know, I haven't heard of it. And and see, that's the one thing I'm going to do. Like I've got the one battery this came with, and I'm just so far. I mean, I've probably done. I'm just like testing it out. Like I'll just literally turn it on and let it film for an hour, like record an hour long video of nothing, and then shut it off. And then I'll just oh wow, all the footage is here. Cool. Um, so far it's been, I probably filmed like four hours with it and it's hundred percent reliable. Like it's not done anything weird. And so I'm going to go for maybe another week or two. And if it's all good, then I'm going to buy a couple spare batteries. Cause that is a nice thing. Like I've only ever had one battery for my GoPros cause they've been <laughs> so unreliable. And so when I go skiing, it's like, well, I know I've only got one battery so I can maybe film for half an hour, 40 minutes. And I just kind of pick and choose. But if this camera actually works, like for every other camera I own, I have at least three batteries. Right, because you're in the middle of filming. Well, I'm not going to stop filming. I'm just going to put a new battery in and keep going. Um, but hopefully this one works, and if it does, I'll buy a couple more batteries. But I haven't heard about the new white ones. I oh, never mind. I think the blue ones are the new ones. Yeah, and they, they just say, have white labels on them. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, no. So far, it's pretty good, but. I do need to buy a better SD card because I can't, every time I start, I turn it on, well, it shows me a warning that I can't, you know, if I want to record in like 5K, whatever, stabilization, blah, 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 whatever, the cards that I use aren't fast enough, but, so I need to get a new SD card, but so far, so good. I just dream of being able to, and I know it doesn't look as good with different lenses and this and that and um, but I dream of like, you know, if you got a knife build to do, like literally just do the whole thing with a GoPro. So easy. Like if you, if you're just going to show the process in a, in a fast forward style video, like here, blah, 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 so somebody could sit back and watch the pros. Oh, if you had one camera that you just turned it on and that's all you did. Oh, it'd be so nice. So nice. But, you know, and then, um, Steph got me a new lens for my, uh, my Canon M50. So I got a 16 millimeter f 1.4, so super shallow depth of field. That thing is sweet. And then um, well, I, I kind of ruined Christmas. So Steph and I, with our Christmas presents, we make a list. So I put a list. Some of its links, it's in the Notes app on her phone. So when I update it, it updates on her phone. And uh, so she got me a lot of motorcycle parts from there, uh, from places and stuff. But uh, I never had this this camera, the 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 Canon, and I was going between the EOS R and the ESRP. And it's, you know, kind of their new mirrorless cameras. And I didn't put it on there on the list because I didn't know which one I wanted. And anyway, Steph saw me looking at them. And what are you looking at? Oh, just looking at this camera. Just blah, blah, blah. She goes out and buys me one for Christmas. And then I, I don't know, about two weeks, three weeks before Christmas, I went out and bought myself a camera. And I come home and I'm like, honey, check out this camera I just bought. She was very impressed because you just ruined Christmas again. I said, how? I said, this wasn't on my list. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, she got me the RP 
which is not the one that I, I wanted. I wanted the R, so I felt kind of bad, but <laughs> yeah. But that, that camera I'm not using for any YouTube stuff. I bought that because I want to get back into photography. Just pure hobby photography. You know, you just literally go on a photo walk, which sounds dorky. And, and I agree it is dorky, but I love it. Just walk around town. Just park yourself downtown somewhere. Just walk around and take as many pictures as you can. You find something interesting, let's photograph that. I want to get back into that, you know. I used to do it and then... It's like, oh, somebody says, can you photograph my wedding? Sure. And, it's, you know, you're, you're booked up for a couple years doing weddings and you're doing full-time photography. And then the love of it goes away. And then uh, when I got out of that, man, there's a gap in our kids. You know, my youngest kid, or my oldest kids, tons of pictures of them as a baby because I was into photography. And then when I was doing photography full-time, no pictures of our children. None. And so now I'm starting to get back into it because I think it's it's worth it, you know. Got to gotta record yeah. these days. You got a new EOS R3 body. To, just a body. Six grand. Like yeah. That. And it's on back order. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of those ones are for the sports, right? Like they'll have autofocus. They've got them now where you can do 30 frames per second. Unlimited. That's what, like I record a lot of my YouTube videos in 30 FPS. So you could literally take all those full resolution photographs, put them together, and, and create a video. That what I don't know what it is like. I don't know. I think four K is equal to I don't know how many megapixel picture. But if you had a full from like so the one I got it shoots like thirty megapixels. That's crazy. You know. Um. I think four K is equal to like. 12 megapixels like that's how many pixels are in the image or whatever I, I forget what it is exactly but a photograph is significantly uh, more data and more pixels than uh you know 4k video right um but you know it's crazy and then like the the new ones those canons they've got like auto they always have like face detection but they've got car detection uh animal detection like they say you lock onto the front end of a car click that and you, you don't have, like, you just start hitting the, taking pictures and it's, they say until it gets super close until the point, if it's traveling past you at like hundred kilometers, 150 kilometers an hour, it's going to be lagging in its focus. Cause it's, you just can't. Right. Um, but they say unbelievable for like sports photographers, uh, like racing photographers and equine photographers, unbelievable. They're autofocus. I'm like, ah, that's not stuff I'm interested in. I wanted uh I thought the R's fine. It's it's more reasonably priced and uh it's cool, man. It's a nice camera. It takes the the images that come off that thing are unbelievable. I'm pretty stoked. But now I gotta buy all new lenses for it. <laughs> fun fun. Uh, any new uh Shirley's? Uh did I talk about the cross check that I got? I don't know that we did. Yeah. Uh, so another cross check. Um, I, I keep looking. There's a, a surly troll that I'm just itching to buy. It's 500 bucks for just the frame, but I'm <laughs> I'm really trying to say that I've got enough bikes. Um, those I found a, a cross check, and this one was 400 bucks, I think. And the thinking behind it is that so Isaiah, my second son, he has a cross check 
but he's pretty much maxed out. It's a smaller frame bike, and I don't even know if he'll it'll fit him for this summer. And so I was like, I need to start looking for any bike for him. And then I saw this one, and this one has a internal three-speed hub, which generally is not, I mean, some people like them. I don't love them. I, I've never had good experience with them, but uh, yeah, I bought this one for him, and this one's a 58 centimeter, but it also fits me a little bit. I mean, my cross check is a 62 centimeter frame, so it's only four centimeters smaller. You know, you can compensate with different, you know, stems and saddle height and all that stuff. But that's the idea is that we'll take this frame, we'll take all the, the gearing, the whole drivetrain off of his older cross check, put it onto this one. It'll fit him better. I'll put this three speed onto that one, then just get rid of it. Or I don't know for sure what I'll do. But yeah. Have you sold your Krampus yet? No, I'm, I'd rather trade it for the exact same thing, smaller frame, mm-hmm. shorter frame. Yeah. But I, you know, it just, once you get it and you look at it and you're like, this thing's also a piece of art. I don't, you know, so I'd feel bad. Yeah. I'm one yeah, of those guys, you... just, I can't, I don't like getting rid of stuff. Yeah, I know. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> sort no, of, I but... need to because... I love the bike. I just can't ride it because it's too tall. Yeah. I wonder if it's worth like putting something on Craigslist or whatever local thing you guys have. Just be like, listen, I've got this size looking for one size under. It might be one of those ads that you leave up for a couple months, but it's like all of a sudden out of the blue, someone's like, hey, you know what? I got the same problem. Who knows? The, the one thing is that if it's for somebody like, say in my situation, my kids, they're always needing bigger, 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 right? So if... Like if somebody had said, listen, I want to, I've got this size cross check. I would trade for this size. I'd be like, yeah, I'm looking for a slightly bigger one. You're looking for a smaller one. Let's swap, you know? You never know. Yeah. Wouldn't, oh, wouldn't yeah. Sure it's worth a try. I never even thought about that for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, so over the holiday season, there's someone I used to know, you know, I follow on uh, social media, we follow each other, whatever. But we started together a long time ago in a land far, far away. Her and her husband and son went up to Banff and did a lot of uh, hiking. Oh, yeah. In the snow. Mm. Yeah. that's. She posted yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, I know somebody up in that neck of the woods. Yeah. Go hiking in Banff a couple times every year. Um. Yeah, it's funny that a big COVID outbreak at the hotel that Steph and I went to to celebrate our anniversary. <laughs> um, you know, it was so funny. Uh, so, you know, the NHL shut down a whole bunch <laughs> with COVID, right? And it's like, uh, dude, these guys are fully vaccinated. They're all getting COVID. Like, I think there's three members of this the staff of the Calgary Flames that didn't get COVID. Um, but right now, if you look on the provincial stats, this is from the government of Alberta. New COVID cases, 83% are fully vaccinated. <laughs> and I think it's it's like 9% are unvaccinated entirely. It's like, it's okay, wait a minute. I don't know. It's so, nah, I, I don't get it. And in, in Quebec right now, they're actually bringing in the Canadian military to enforce a curfew. <laughs> People can't be out in the street. It's, it's, you'd think... There was like oh, I didn't major. Know that, uh, the virus paid attention to the clock. 
I know. You, you would think there's major civil unrest and people were rioting and looting instead of just being normal citizens with this looming threat of this looming cold. Like, ah, it's No, I just didn't know nuts. that, you know, COVID cared about how many hours you spend outside. I didn't know that it cared that you went to church instead of a ball game or uh, you can't go to grocery shopping, but you can go to a liquor store. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it paid attention to those things. It's smart virus. It was weird. Yeah, just listen to your government and do what you're told. It is a smart virus. SMRT, smart. Oh, I will say this to anybody who's actually seen the movie, the the new Matrix uh, that just came out. I watched it because I watched the original, enjoyed the original. This one's a little different. It is what it is, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not here to. Uh, do a movie review, but I will say this. There is a part of that movie when Doogie Hauser is screaming about how he wants to the Matrix to say the Matrix, and he's the leader of the Matrix because he is, but he says in there that uh, something that is aimed directly at this pandemic is hilarious. Because hmm. He talks about nobody wants your way, talking about people who are – touting freedom the sheeple want us to tell them what to do when to do and how to do it and they're happy Mm -hmm. and it's just hilarious yeah i busted out laughing that is funny um one interesting that happened here like we had pretty tight restrictions before christmas and our little porky puff jason kenny the stupid saskatchewanite he came in and he literally said under the current restrictions set in place by the province Uh, I would not be allowed to have the Christmas uh, celebrations that I want to have. So to accommodate that and my, you know, holiday plans, and I'm sure many others, we're going to lift restrictions. (laughs) You literally said that. Like those words. So he said, because this doesn't serve me right now, I'm changing it. And you guys will benefit too. And it's like every, like, so they said, okay, you can have 10 different adults in one room, irregardless of vaccine status, right? Like, you know what? I think the world is entirely hopeless, Todd, because you look at it. The people right now getting sick with COVID are the fully vaccinated people. People that are unvaccinated, plague rats like myself, people who say, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm a healthy person. I'm not terrified. You know what? This might be bad. I'm not denying that it could be bad, but I think my odds are better by just holding tight. I'm not a social butterfly. You know, I don't go around partying with people. I, I don't put myself at risk of any cold or flu that comes in. You know, I, I catch them every now and then. I'm not antisocial, but us people, the, the people that think like me, that aren't scared and can and just think for yourself. We're the ones that aren't getting sick right now. It's weird, isn't it? And it's, it's funny because... Like uh, here, it's about fifty-fifty. Um, everybody, Tennessee is allegedly the fourth worst state for COVID cases right now. Hmm. You wouldn't know it by looking around, but whatever. I don't go to either of any of the three big cities in Tennessee. Four big cities in Tennessee. I just don't because one, I don't. I didn't lose anything there, so I don't have to go back and look for it. Yeah. Two, there's nothing in those cities except restaurants that I would be interested in, right? Mm-hmm. And you, right now you can't go there and have a good time 
have a good meal, so I don't go there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but it's a wash with unvax, vax, previous vax. Didn't get all the. It doesn't matter. Uh, everybody here is getting sick allegedly. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, but as I indicated a couple of years ago, uh, when all this came out, is just relax, take a deep breath, figuratively, and let this thing ride it, ride its course. Because now, more statistic, if you believe everything they say, just given that, well, for the sake of the story, allegedly more people are getting COVID, but less people are dying. Mm-hmm. You know, per capita of cases. Oh, herd immunity's picking up. Yeah. Because the people who were going to die anyway are dead. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID just sped it up. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. And now the people who would, who were able to resist it or whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They get the cold this year. But look at the time of year. This is the point I'm trying to get to. <laughs> exactly. And I'll get to it really quick. Look at the time of year it is. It's normal cold and flu season. Yeah, that's like a calendar season almost, isn't it? I've heard that cold and flu season before. Hmm. No wonder more people are getting it. It's, I don't know, cold and (laughs) flu season. Stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) I know. So you know what they say, like, the symptoms of the Omicron variant is? It's like feeling exhaustion as though you've just done a hard day's work. And that's why the liberals are so terrified of it. Yep. I did that joke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the uh Well that's uh, a new scariant too, right? There's <laughs> a brand new one out now. <laughs> well This is if, cute. If Trump had and I didn't like Trump, I didn't like Obama, I don't like Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I've had a overall good president in my lifetime. We've had some that did some good, right? Mm-hmm. We've had some that did some harm, and then we've had some completely benign jerks. You always uh, picked in between the lesser of two evils. Yeah, I mean, you know, anyway. But if, let's say, Trump had said, had a press conference, and said, oh, my God, it's getting worse, the pandemic's going to kill us all, everybody has to do exactly what we say, cover up, get the vax, whatever. Immediately get on a plane, go to Florida, and have a cocktail party where no one was uh, wearing a mask and no one was social distancing. Yeah. If if Trump had done that, the left would have just crucified him. Yeah. But our vice president, Chewbacca, goes out there and... (laughs) uh, does it, and no one says a word. Yeah. And when uh, uh, a news organization posts the pictures, Google deletes them, allegedly. I I don't care enough to go look. Uh, And the last thing I want to do is see her, it, whatever. Yeah. You know, because I have to eat sometime today. uh, And, ugh, yeah. And it's not, I want to be clear to 
to the listeners right now, I don't care about the vice presidential, vice president politics. Don't. I know her background. I know a lot about her personal background. Okay? I don't like her. I think she's a reprehensible human being. I think she's disgusting. You add in her politics and who she used to work for, and then he's just, you know, like icing on the hate cake, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's a t-shirt for you. Icing on the hate cake. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. What's that? Anyway, go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, here, man, there's... You know, like it's it's funny. You'll see people in like American news or, or YouTubers or people saying, "Like, can you believe that this state you or they they want to make it so you can't go to restaurants if you're not fully vaccinated?" And it's like that's Canada, like like literally that's Canada. Um, but there's so many people around here, and like even you know th- this is also something you have to be careful with with your children, right? Like this is some crazy crap going on. And one thing that nobody talks about or nobody acknowledges is that this is causing some major stress on young people. Uh, like youth suicide has just skyrocketed since this pandemic started, right? Like here in Alberta, they shut the start of school down because of this cold, the Omicron. They say, oh, we don't want to max out the hospitals and all this BS. It's like, oh my word, we are fully retarded. So they're, they postpone schools. In Ontario, they're postponing them till at least the 17th of January. And it's like, are you guys, wow, we're, we're literally going to become the most retarded. Well, we already are, obviously, because we're following a bunch of wingnuts. But, you know, trying to, like, go through this with the kids and, you know, it's like I'm not, I, some people can handle things. I, I handle, I don't say I handle stress. I just don't ever, ever feel stress. Like nothing. I've never felt stress in my life. Ever. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sure you have. Just not the because there's good and bad stress. Yeah, when you get hyped up for something, you know, you're really excited. Like a that's stress. Yes, it's just the good stress. Yeah, we've had times when we've had to do like uh, one night changeover, like switch from a ticket counter, put in like four conveyors, and operate from a different ticket counter one night, and it's a big deal, like four hour window. And I guess that could be stress. But when I'm under stress, I perform like the best. Like. Anytime we're in the championships, I pitched my best baseball. I hit my more home runs like in the final games of the city championships. I guess I, I perform better under stress, but I never ever, nothing stresses me. Or people are like, oh, I feel stressed. I'm like, no. If, if it's a problem, I'm either going to fix it or ignore it. That, that's how I do things. Like, I don't worry about stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. Any, anytime there's um, a critical deadline, an emergency, a disaster, I just, Something happens to me in my mind, you know, in my body, just like a veil that comes down. Most people like, oh, it's, the world goes into slow motion. Not really. You just see it more clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that actually happens. Um, oh, yeah. When I was in the earthquake, absolutely. Um, it, it seemed like nothing went into slow motion. I just saw everything like in 5K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and do this. You do that. You know, quit running. Um, get out of the building, you know, take your car keys because you're not going to come back in, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and herded out a bunch of cats, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, don't panic. Because whether you're running or whether you're trying to do the right thing, and it, the building's going to fall down if yeah. it's going to fall down. Yeah. It didn't, could have, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that, like getting back like to the the stress, right? Like I I don't do stress, but kids sometimes do, right? And and even other humans, like everybody handles it differently. I think you and I are probably similar, but I I think most. I don't know. I've talked to people and like, I just don't know what to do. And they're, you can tell they're genuinely stressed and concerned. And so I I always have to be careful, like with the way that Steph and I talk about this around the kids, like I don't want to protect them. Like they know everything. And I'll even say something like this person's a bad. And my parents like, you don't talk bad like about politicians around your kids. It's like, yeah, they need to know the truth. Like I don't want them growing up thinking that these people are good. Like, there's not a single politician who's a good human being. You have to try and decipher who's doing the least amount of damage to the the, the population and then support that person if you're going to support anybody. But I don't know, like, like shutting down these schools and, and for the sake of what? It's a cold, right? And it's just, I can't believe what we're doing. It's just, it shakes my head. But then the one good thing is that, so I live in Alberta and there's places, like I said, Quebec right now, they're being patrolled by the Popo. Uh, the, the minister of defense that the guy that wears a turban, who's on a no fly zone in the United States, he suggested that, that he's really pushing. He's trying to convince Justin Trudeau to get the military involved with the man and have fully mandatory vaccination program across the country. Flat out. You don't, you don't do anything if you're unvaccinated. And that that's absolutely terrifying. When you hear those words, it's like, Wow, I don't care how scared of the virus you are. If you hear that they say they want to use a military to enforce a vaccine that you have no choice, that is a direct violation of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Like, that's terrifying. But the good thing is, is I think in Alberta, we're still redneck enough. We still have enough guns. Like, every day I go out, I see more and more people not wearing masks. And the only reason the province could implement the mask mandate is because we were in a state of emergency, and it goes for a maximum of 90 days. And that expired on December 15th. No, it was the 16th because they brought in September 16th. Anyways, the the province, they haven't been meeting. Like the MLAs, they haven't been meeting in legislature. And they went and appointed, so the, the upper executive level of our provincial government said that we are going to give the authority to the minister of the the minister of health for the province as to when we are allowed to not wear masks, and so they put enacted that on the fifteenth of December because the sixteenth was when the state of emergency ended, and so now we have a mask mandate in this province that wasn't part of a uh, emergency like state of emergency politics. It wasn't voted on by the members that we vote to represent us, our MLAs. It wasn't voted on by them. So then these MLAs are all saying, by what power do they have they done this? Because they're in, in our government, there was no power like that. It didn't exist. It doesn't exist. They have no authority. So people right here, like in Alberta, we're just saying, screw you. I'm sorry. You can't. This is, uh, you have completely deviated from a democracy and you have made up laws and made up rules that you have no authority to make. And that is literally happening right now. And people are just like, oh, just get your shots. Just let's get through this together. It's like, shut up. If you don't see what's going on here, you're out of your mind, out of your mind. Like civil disobedience is the only way mass non-compliance is the only way to end this tyrannical takeover. That's all it is. This is not a virus. This is not a pandemic. This is government taking over. And honestly, quite frankly, I mean, 
it's all going to happen. You know what? If you believe the Bible, you know that everything ends up with a one-world government. I mean, it's coming. You can't stop it. Maybe this is it. I would sure hope not. You know, there have been many cases in history when people revolt against the government and it changes, you know, and it's been necessary. Uh, Nazis, Nazi Germany, that, that was a good thing for people to fight against. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of looked like it could have been a one world. They're trying to take over the whole world. That's what Germany wanted. That's what Hitler wanted, right? He wanted everything to be his. He wanted control over everything. It's a good thing people fought that. And I, I think it's, come on, folks, let's, let's not lay down yet. <laughs> let's fight this. These people are a bunch of morons. I do not. I will say this on record. I, Jeremy Gertz, do not submit to the authority of my provincial or federal government. None. I am a free man, and I walk this earth, and I report and submit only to God. Now, if I have a government that's honest and, and half-decent, I'll work with them. You know, I'll say, okay, yeah, I, I agree that we need to get some money together to build roads. We need to do infrastructure. We, I agree that there's this big, huge community of people. We need to figure out how to live together. That's the role of a government, right? It's not to tell me what I can and can't do. But when I've got an evil, tyrannical government that wants nothing but to completely control my life, that's when I say, nope, sayonara, bitches, you're on your own. <laughs> I don't know. Went pretty heavy there, hey? Yeah, sorry I had my mic muted. My lovely coffee assistant was helping me out. Oh, that's nice. Oh, <clears throat> so can I lighten things up a lot? Oh, please. Okay, guess what I got for Christmas? A new coffee something. No, no. <laughs> I got a, a, a pizza oven. Is oh, it one of those one outdoor ones or yeah. an indoor Outdoor, it's a propane. Yeah, I saw that. Let me know how it works. It works good. You know, we had to wait till it warmed up to about minus five. (laughs) Oh, God. So this thing, it gets, it says the inside gets to like 940 Fahrenheit, which is good. That's what you want, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Oh, my God. I'm going to get one to hook it up to my high pressure 100 pound (laughs) propane tank. (laughs) Melt it. Yeah. (laughs) Cook a pizza from five feet away. Uh, You know, we've done, we did four pizzas on it. And you kind of figure out as you go. So basically all the burners at the very back, and it's a little sheet metal thing. It's actually surprising. You could actually take it and uh, tailgate with it easily. And then it's got the stone on the bottom. So when you slide your pizza in, it's actually on a stone. It takes 15 minutes to get up to temperature and about 60 seconds to cook a pizza. And I tell you, the first four pizzas we've done, I am floored. And my wife was going to get me, they have some that are propane and wood or just wood. Uh, but this was most reasonable. This one's called the Uni, and she asked around, and people said this is by far the best. I am very impressed. Like, I'm the best pizzas I've ever made, and the first one I burnt because I, I just put it in there, and I, I waited too long, and uh, half of the pizza burnt. But I learned that you stick it in there, you leave it for 15 seconds, you get the it comes with a peel, you slide it out, rotate it 180 degrees because the burners are only at one end, right? So that end gets a little warmer. And uh, slide it 180 degrees, cook that other side for 15 seconds, and then I pull it out and I rotate it 90 degrees and leave it in there for about 15 seconds. And in less than one minute, you pull it out, and it is the best cooked pizza. Like, the bottom isn't soggy at all, but there's no brown on it. Like, it's fully cooked, and it's got strength, but it's not burnt, right? And, the oh, man, I tell you what. I well, tell that's you what. the importance of having that 
whatever pizza oven you use, whatever method you use, the stone that it sits on has to be up to temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it cooks the dough but doesn't burn it. And that fat, as fast like the, so we use a big green egg, and I can sometimes get six, seven hundred degrees, and those are always the pizzas that turn out the best. But man, if you can cook a pizza like in less than a minute, oh, because it just it just does everything right, like everything right. Oh man, like I know I've only used it like for one time. I made four pizzas with it, but I already, man, I think I'm gonna make a YouTube video about it. That's how strongly I believe in it because I'm just like wow. For my first time using it, I've made the very best pizza, the pizza I'm the most proud of. And we always have good dough and good ingredients. We did, uh, so we do a brisket for Christmas dinner, and we had some leftover brisket. So we took that and put it with some caramelized onions, and then Steph made a barbecue sauce. So we'd like barbecue brisket pizza. Oh, dude. Oh, man, it was good. Oh, I'm just hungry now. But yeah, I, I, was, I was, couldn't wait to tell you, you that know, thing is amazing. I'm not a. Everybody, you can do you. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm a pizza traditionalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when people start making barbecue <laughs> and hot wing pizza, stop it. That's not pizza. Uh, there's a restaurant Quit here. making a, a pizza into a Subway wrap. Just stop it. Um, <laughs> pierogi pizza, Todd. You got to try pierogi pizza. So good. Well, I love pizza and I love pierogi, not at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, I like traditional ones too. We did one traditional, and I love one. the argument, the ongoing pizza argument on the internet. Uh, does pe- pineapple <laughs> belong on a pizza? Well, not every pizza, but yes, there are pizzas it belongs on. Yeah, it's so funny. People say you can or can't do this. Oh, you shouldn't do this. It's like, well, why? Why? Like you, you tell people that what's in a sandwich? What was the first sandwich ever created? What was the meat? What was the filling? Or what type of bread? It was two giant slices of bread and roast, a piece of roast put yeah. in it for the Earl of Sandwich while exactly. he was playing poker. I thought it's because he's working so hard. Well, no. The, <laughs> I mean, I that is just I heard is he was working power. so much and he didn't want to stop. Oh, no. He was he's playing this card game, allegedly. And he did not want to stop because he was, and he was only had one hand available. And his, you know, slave put a two pieces of, a piece of roast meat in between two slices of bread. Here, hold this. And he ate it and he's like, ooh. And since his name was the Earl of Sandwich, they call it a sandwich. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think. Whatever you like on a pizza is you. Yeah. Because the original pizza over in Italy was a seafood delivery device. That's all it was. Mm. Um, I hate seafood pizzas, but hey, that's where it started. So I can't say that's not a pizza. Yeah. You know, if you go to Hawaii, their pizza started with ham and pineapple. Well, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You go to someplace else, their pizza said whatever. In California, just screwed up every pizza. <laughs> well, was a Wolfgang Puck? <laughs> no, you Ca- California a, Pizza Kitchen. It, I, uh, you have a salad and a pizza, not a salad on a pizza. I don't know. Because everything that goes in a salad, don't roast it. We had a, like arugula on one of our pizzas. 
fresh arugula, especially when it's only in there for a minute. It okay, just kind of. We can't uh, be friends now. <laughs> we put some. We dipped it in mayonnaise. <laughs> okay, now seriously, we can't be. <laughs> yeah, I know, but oh man, yeah, I'm stoked. Like I was, I gotta use it a little bit more. But if you're ever thinking, then it's so easy. Like I literally, I cleared a little shelf in the basement, so I set it there. And if we want pizza, I literally just take it upstairs. And I know a lot of people might be mad that oh, propane, you can't do that. And I was a little bit like, I don't know, but I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works good. Well, I, that is awesome. Yeah. And I sent you a picture of <clears throat> something I'm doing recently when I'm working on my office downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I don't have my updated p- picture, but I I picked out the of the cowhides I have. Mm-hmm. I picked a nice brindle cowhide to go in between that TV and the chairs. Oh, cool! But that stand and that TV and that TV is an eighty-inch TV, oh, by wow. the way. Yeah, it is seven feet tall. The wow. top of that TV is on is right at seven feet. Wow! So there so you is go. That, is that where you watch your YouTube at? Um, I do now, but wow. not all the time, just down in the basement, you know, in my office yeah. and I don't, but yeah, YouTube on that, you get somebody that makes a 2160 or 5k or 4k video and throw it on that thing. Hmm. That is awesome. That's cool. Uh, uh, one of the, uh, one of the legal YouTube channels I watch, he uses too much light, and it's mm-hmm. annoying. Because yeah. he uses an extremely high-def camera and too much light. Yeah. So I'm like, really? <laughs> Go put sunglasses when you watch his videos. Yeah, you do. That's funny. And uh, it's starting to hurt my eyes, but whatever. So no, my TV knows now, on his video, it dims it a little. Huh. Uh some of the outdoor uh, excavating type uh, channels I watch. Yeah. One of those guys uses a extremely high def five uh, K equivalent, and oh my lord, that it's just so enjoyable to watch because mm. it's like you're there. Yeah, yeah. Watching it. That's cool. I might. Uh, you know, anything 720 or higher looks really good on this TV. Uh, huh. Now, I have the same manufacturer brand of TV upstairs, but it's not like their high-end line. Mm-hmm. And boy, you can tell the difference. Hmm. It's one thing I will never, ever get cheap again. Really? Now that I bought a, <clears throat> you know... Way more than $2,000 TV, way more, uh, and it's super high-end in technology. Yeah. I can't go down. That's funny. Because I watched a couple movies on it in 2160. Oh, my. You're in a different yes. TV bracket. <laughs> Do what? You switch TV brackets now. Yeah. You, know, like you try a real nice bottle of wine, all of a sudden you, you find that you're in a higher wine bracket. It's like, oh, great, now i got to spend more money on wine. Oh That's my crazy. lord! Uh, I know we mentioned this at one point, uh, just in passing, but uh, another high-end wine company 
mm-hmm. has switched to boxed wine. Who's that? Uh, it's a California brand. Uh, <clears throat> poop. Sounds like a good wine. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was like uh, when they bottle, it's already sold. Yeah, yeah. You know, people buy their wine 10 years in advance. Yeah. Because it's that good. And what they've, what the, uh, this is, I don't know this. I don't know. I know some about making wine, but only enough to be dangerous. I don't know the super secret industry stuff uh, that these vineyards keep secret, right? Or try to. Uh, what they found is that is better for some wines to keep it in a uh, cool, airtight, don't let it breathe, you know. Mm-hmm. And then some wines are better, like, you know, the deep, dark, rich, uh, earthy reds. You got to, you know, room temperature and let it breathe. Yeah. Then there are some deep, dark, earthy tone reds that I have found that you have to let breathe, but also you want it chilled, which is against the general thoughts on wine, but they're better for some reason. Mm-hmm. I have a Cabernet Sauvignon that is just, it will just, it, it like paints your mouth. <laughs> it mm-hmm. coats it. Ooh, it's a bot, full-bodied wine. It's better a little bit chilled. Mm. Not cold, but not warm either, you know. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. not like a Chianti. Yeah. And I've got this one good uh, Chianti I love. Uh, love it with red meat. Uh, it is really good room temperature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all depends. They're all different, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we we found this. Oh, I forget what it is. It's this bottle of wine from an old vineyard in Spain, and it's reasonably priced. It's like twenty six bucks a bottle. Uh, that's Canadian, so it's I don't know, maybe twenty bucks American, which I think is reasonable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, is it one of the? So my parents, they've got, they're big into wine. Um, <laughs> So like at their Encantera, there's like uh, the clubhouse has a really fancy restaurant and they've got their own wine locker there. And so they'll they'll be in the country and they'll buy wine and just send it to their wine locker in this restaurant. And uh, they know wine. And so for like our anniversary, they give us a bottle called Oculus. And it's a $200 bottle of wine. Very, very nice. Um We, we last year we did it. We've, we're saving ours, I think, because... I forget why. We still have it. We haven't opened it. But um, this one that we have from Spain is very similar to that one. And, it, you know, there's good wine that's cheap. And there's good wine that's expensive. But there's and, and there's bad wine. that's Like, I've had $40 bottles of wine. I'm like, ugh, this isn't good. It just, it just, it's not pleasant. There's something about it that's just like, no, not not cool. Um, yeah, I had yeah. a oh, part of a, a glass out of a... Two hundred some odd bo- dollar bottle of a French Bordeaux, mm-hmm. and I've yet to find a French wine I like, but that one was disgusting. Hmm. I know it's and weird, like, right? Oh, this is so good. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, stop it. You can eat some raw raw shrimp, raw snails with that too. Come on. Yeah, I, I, and I know that my general view of the French color my palate, but th- that really was disgusting wine. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I feel I feel certain I don't feel bad. I just I've got, shouldn't. Uh, some Spanish voice. wines I just love. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, Spain has some good wines. For sure. Well, you know, it's a harsh environment. It can be, and the grapes that survive Gotta are be more hardy. Ones. They take on a better flavor. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. Listen to us pretending what we know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean. I was listening to this sommelier, and he he's a an alleged expert in wine. Well, if he's a sommelier, he is. Like if he's I mean, an he actual really specializes sommelier. in wine, right? That's all sommeliers he, do. He specializes in wine and whiskey for some reason. No, anyway. but a sommelier is a wine only. Oh, okay. I, yeah. He, he did. He's a sommelier, but he's also, he knows a lot about, like, mixed drinks and whiskey. Yeah, he can tell you if you if you got a vodka question, he can talk to you about it. But mm-hmm. um, he was, and this is you know I understand that he also does everything world globally. But his uh, the radio show he was on is for the U.S. Right, mm-hmm. and the question was if you're dumb and you want a bottle of wine, take to a dinner party, whatever. What do you look for? And he's like, you know what? You go into any well-stocked wine store or store that has, specializes in wine, and you go 40 to $60 range, and uh, you, if you know what the dinner party is going to be serving, mm-hmm. most good wine stores t- have little signs there Oh, this this kind of wine, this genre pairs with fish. This mm-hmm. genre pairs with red meat, you know. Mm-hmm. And just do that, and you should be relatively safe. Because mm-hmm. everything in that 40 to $60 range is at least drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, and most people wouldn't know a good wine from a mediocre wine. Yeah. Yeah. Until you really train that palate. And it's personal too, though. That's what a lot of like the one thing is somebody could have a wine and they just love it. And it's like, it's like, it's like wine is just like food, right? People are like, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Well, which is a good steak or which is a not, you know, maybe like you like this food better than this food. That's your personal thing. You can take the same wine, give it to one person and another person be like, yeah, I don't like it that much. Some person like, this is the best I've ever had. You know, people always yeah. forget that part. I heard a guy a- who owns a distillery. He's talking about whiskey, and they're like, how should you drink whiskey? Do you have it neat? Do you have it on the rod? He goes, how do you like it the best? That's how you drink it. Like, don't listen to what anybody says. You can't offend people. If you offend somebody, they're just an old snob that says, oh, you can't. It must be be neat. Or, you know, you have to drink it dry. It's like, however you want to drink it, that's how you drink it. (laughs) You know? Comes back to the old pizza thing. Yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix called Psalm. And it follows three guys that were trying to become sommeliers. And it's an intense process. Like, I, I think they study, I forget how many years. Um, how the, I think on average it costs, just in the wine alone, it's several hundred thousand dollars that they have to buy. And they're just sipping it, right? Like, they take a sip, blah, blah, right down. And part of their test is that they'll give them blind glasses of wine and they have to tell them where it's from 
the type of grape it was, and what year it was bottled. And if you're a professional sommelier, you know you are a wine expert. Everything on earth to know about wine, you know it. And it's, I forget, I think it's like 12 people per year earn that status, like worldwide. It's unbelievable. It's a very interesting documentary. That is, man, it's like very, very wealthy, wealthy people with very, very sophisticated taste buds and very intellectual, then you can become a sommelier. Yeah, this guy, he was, he had a job, right? And he can't say where it was, or he doesn't say where it was, but he had a job. Mm -hmm. And one of his jobs, at this job, was sourcing things that other people cannot source. Hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. I'm assuming he was at a high-end New York hotel. Like one of the top two or three hotels in New York. And when a... You know, a sheik or a king checks in, and they want X. Mm-hmm. You can't get X. These guys can. Yeah, yeah. Well, he worked his way up, and then he started working for. Then he he says, then you know, I worked my way up. I could get anything, anywhere, anytime. That's cool. And then I started doing that for two or three of the top hotels. Yeah. In New York, then the top ten in the United States. And then uh, uh, a hotel owner, somebody who owns a bunch of these high-end hotels, actually paid for him to become a sommelier. Hmm. That's cool. Because, you know, as a thank you uh, mm-hmm. for what he's been able to do. And he, and he talks about some of the things he was able to source and for who. Hmm. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's cool. And he said some of it is just stupid, but uh, it, you know, a pampered uh, socialite wants, uh, I don't know, because I, I don't know a lot about alcohol, mm-hmm. a particular bottle of tequila that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. or because it's so rare. Or a bottle of, uh, oh, God, what is that, Kentucky whiskey? Bourbon. Uh, no, 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 the uh, the name of Pappy something. I have no idea. Anyway, it's one of the best made, and they're, they're so rare right now. It, the bottles are more than six figures. Oh, wow. You know, how do you get it? Yeah. Um, and he was able to do it. At, you know, I think he said 30 minutes notice. Wow. At two in the morning, one or two in the morning. Yeah. That's crazy. Boom, made it happen. That'd be so cool. Hey, like that is a powerful man. That would be something It's a negotiator is what it is. You're able to network and negotiate because he said that bottle of whiskey or bourbon he got from a collector. Mm-hmm. Not a store. Oh, yeah, some yeah. guy, you know, he makes these contacts. Yeah. And he was able, hey, do you have one of these? Yep. Can I buy it? Nope. Okay. What? He, everything and everybody has a price. Mm-hmm. What I? What do I have to get you to get that bottle in the next 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know, he had to get a, uh, a rare 
Rolls Royce Phantom. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you know, works his way through his Rolodex, trying to put together these deals. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That reminds me. Have you ever seen that show, Barter Kings? Yes. Uh, it's kind of interesting to watch. I think I kind of got bored of it, but kind of a cool concept. Not the not associated with the TV show at all. But I met somebody who does that. Really? Most annoying human I've ever been around. <laughs> other than the guy who did my HIDA test this past Monday. Huh. Uh, which I don't want to talk too much about him on the show because he will probably listen to it. Oh, he knows we have a show. See, I'm always worried. Uh, the, the more people that li- that know of this show, the more nervous I get because then I have to be responsible for what I say. <laughs> well, I, I don't care about that much. You know, I'll tell you what I thought about him. But this guy might be dangerous. Oh, okay, yeah. So. Why did you tell him we have a show, Todd? <laughs> Come on. I didn't know at the time. Oh, we were having a conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do a podcast with a buddy of mine. And he goes and looks it up. Then he comes back and unveils his crazy. Mm. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> this is just great. It's <laughs> funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, so that's cool. Feel like we did some catching up. Got any plans mm-hmm. for the weekend or coming week? Uh, I had plans, but then the snow hit. And uh, around in here in the middle part of Tennessee, one snowflake and they freak out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It snows every year. Yeah. Why do you do this, people? And... The snow we got isn't the, like, bad snow to drive on. Oh, okay. But they wreck everywhere. Huh. You know, it's just like last week they had snow in uh, the D.C. area. In Virginia, I-95 was closed overnight. Yes, they yes. Had people had to sleep on. It happens every year. Why? Because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> we were stuck in one of those couple years ago and well years ago and it turns out it was for no reason at all zero there was no accident people just no, stopped i don't know the road didn't collapse no the two people in front just stopped because it was snowing <laughs> they were afraid to drive and they didn't pull over to the shoulder no oh see so, you know the people right were behind over them there. The people right behind them are to blame because you get out and you knock on the window and say, if you're not going to drive, get out of my way. You see? Oh, I would have. Just smashed them. Smash and bash. I would be out of jail by now, but I would have went to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Because uh. that is just stupid. Yep. And that, that kind of stupid should be left in the ditch. And yeah. think of me what you will. But if you are so selfish and scared of snow and selfish that you stop in the middle of an interstate highway and screw yeah. hundreds of people behind you and all of the hundreds of people that turns into thousands that are depending on them, like their kids in daycare and, blah, yeah. you know, on and on and on. Oh, yeah. I don't know that you have a right to breathe at that point. Yeah. It's debatable. Yeah. No, that is absolutely rude. Asinine. It's like, wow, nobody matters except for me. 
It's like two people that stop side by side in opposite directions in a grocery store. I know. Now you can't get by. And they're just oblivious to it. Where? What happened to common courtesy, you know? Like, I always think... They died if, if, with common sense. Yeah. And those people that have common sense still have common courtesy. Like, if I'm in a mall and I'm like, okay, Steph's running into this store and the boys and I are going to wait outside because they're looking at makeup, you know, I always like, okay, it's get against the wall. Like, but you'll come up to groups of people and there'll be like four people right in the middle of an aisleway staring on their phones. It's like, you're literally not doing anything. You don't need to be there. But now everybody has to go around you. Like, come on. And every time, like if I have to say, if I got to check a strap on my truck, I'm like, okay, I better find a little pull off, a little approach into a farm field or something, right? Pull over, make sure I'm well off the road. I'm out of everybody's way, except this farmer if he decides to show up, but I'll be gone by then. You know, this one lady, we're following her and she had this boat. We're coming, it was a T intersection. So we're at the bottom of the T, we're coming up and we're merging with the road that's going straight across. Well, this lady comes and she pulls in with this boat, a sailboat, which you don't see a lot of here. But she has this Dodge truck and a sailboat. And so she wanted to check some straps. So she pulls over, but instead of like getting out of the way, she literally blocked off the bottom of the T. So she was on the straight through road. I'm up here waiting. She pulls up so I can't go anywhere. And she spent about five minutes going around. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And so finally started honking. Then she looks up and she goes, what? And I'm like, I literally can't drive. And so she kept doing it. And I honked again and she gave me the finger. And so I pulled right up. So I was about five inches away and I held the horn down and she started getting frustrated and finally she left. But she was literally walking around her boat and I'm like, and I didn't let up and she's like, and she kept looking at me, kept fingering, started screaming. I couldn't hear because I had my horn on and finally she got so frustrated. She just left, pulled over into a field and started checking it again. But like, how, how could you do that? Like, I could not imagine thinking of myself as so important that one other person should yield five minutes of their day to me because I'm a lazy idiot. So, well, you know so what she dumb. was thinking the whole time? What? How dare you? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Exactly what she was thinking. <laughs> oh, man. Let's tell you what. Fun stuff. Oh. Um, you're walking down the sidewalk with your wife, holding hands, mm-hmm. going to dinner, and there's a group of people five across they're one group but they're walking shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. and they expect you to move yeah uh-uh f you <laughs> do you know how i found it that the most one people group in particular and i don't like speaking bad about them but in in baltimore in maryland area the jews there's a lot of jews over down there and man were they ever belligerent like they'd be in a mall five across wouldn't they wouldn't even give you chance to oh, unbelievable i don't know if it's all of them i mean i mean i really uh, i've got nothing against them in fact i just finished reading some some great books by a rabbi just the best books i've ever read in my life but uh man i found i that's one thing that stood out to me there i was like man these jews are and they're the ones with the the curls coming down you know like yeah, the hasidic jews the hasidic jews yeah man they thought they I, were better than everybody I ran into that in Baltimore, and uh, actually, it was right right downtown, across the street from the police headquarters, where I was uh, purchasing a Glock, and uh, I was going back to my vehicle, which, and 
three across, wasn't going to move. Uh, you're not going to get me in the street. So I just, you know, set myself and kept walking, and so did they. And, you know, the immovable object, as it were. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what your problem is, but the sidewalk is meant for both directions, and it's meant for polite people. If you're going to be douchebags, that's how I'm going to treat you, and mm-hmm. you're giving your whole religion a bad name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and the one guy was like, <clears throat> oh, it's a side. You know, and then he got all apologetic. Yeah, it's too late, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's too late. You know, don't uh, – don't kick my dog, then apologize. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, don't fix anything. Homie, don't play that. But yeah. Anyway, no, I uh, I used to work with a temporarily with a kid that was a Hasidic, really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Weird outlook on life in the world, mm. and you know he used to tell me I'm you know going to hell. I'm not a real person. I used to tell him, well, you know, you killed Jesus, screw you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, we were joking. We had yeah. a good time with it, and we didn't take it personal. It doesn't matter because they don't believe in Jesus. And he's, well, they know he existed, but he wasn't the Messiah. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm the one going to hell. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I told you about a book Thou shalt prosper. I think our last podcast. Yeah, I listened to another one of his. Is a uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and this one's a little more recent. It's called "Business Secrets from the Bible." Oh, dude, I am telling you, that is the probably one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And whether or not, like, he starts the book right away, it doesn't matter what where you are in belief whether you believe in God or not, it's it just unreal. And the explanations to things, in fact, so much so that this book has led me that I am going to start learning. Uh, I want to learn ancient Hebrew because it's incredible the meanings of these words that we have and, and you trace them back to the original Hebrew words. Oh, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's a good, but I couldn't recommend that book strong enough. I, I'd recommend any, in fact, um, like I just rented it from our library app on our phone. And that way when I'm working, because we had a busy rush here, I just took, was it two days ago, I took 147 signs in, just trying to catch up from everything since we shut the orders off. We told people nothing was shipping out until, it was actually this today. Um, but we got everything out on Wednesday, so it's good. But I had a couple good days there of making more signs, you know, doing my factory job. And I got a chance to listen to this book. So uh, unbelievably amazing. The best book ever. 100%. I mean, other than the Bible. Best book written recently. Well, that's just my opinion. Oh, well, maybe I'll listen to it. And, uh, I like listening to books. I can't read very well. half hours. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I did that in two days. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm doing mindless work, and then I'm driving stuff into the city. Um, but oh, yeah, I, can't, I, I don't... The summer I moved here, I listened... To a 16-hour book in one day. Yeah. If you're like mowing lawn or just, you know, you're doing work that doesn't require concentration, you know, something other than a table saw, it's nice to be able to just, nah. That is a, such a good book. Oh, I'm screwed. Why? 
demonstrates how earnings and profits are God's reward for forming relationships with others and serving them. Yeah. I know. I know that's that part. He explains it. I so hate people. I can't do it. I know. I know. That's one thing that I'm really like, wow. You listen to it and see what he says about it and see what makes you think. It'd be kind of cool because you and I are in the same boat. Like I am not a people person. And I, I feel bad. Like I, I'm starting to question if I've been wrong my whole life. But I've always said friends are liabilities. And the more friends you have, the more bullshit, the more problems. And I don't know. And it's because like we, you know, we, we're at a time, you know, I'd say like go back 10 years. We had a lot of friends. Like we got together once a week, like in this care group. You know, we'd get together for barbecues twice a month, sometimes every week. We'd like all of the, our wives went and did a shopping trip to Phoenix, you know, for a few days. And then all of us dudes went for like a three day snowmobiling. Like we were pretty tight knit group of friends. And you know what? We we decided we wanted to homeschool. They all got mad at us. It's like, well, what's the deal here? Like, this is my choice. Can't we still be friends? And it was pretty much no. And since then, I mean, we've all split apart. Uh, I think two of the couples are divorced. Uh, the one of them was my buddy who just hung himself a few, like month or two ago. And it's like, and so I kind of look at that and like, so <laughs> where was the value of friendship? I mean, it was fun for a season, but man, as soon as we had our own ideas and the one who's kind of the head of the group, she was against us. Like she was a nurse. Um, and she was like, oh, you can't homeschool your kids. Like, why not? It's like, no, oh, they're not going to get a good education. Why not? Like nobody's more qualified to teach my children than me, just as an FYI. You know, some person that, that the government says is qualified isn't more than me. I am their father and my wife is their mother. We are the most qualified to educate our children for whatever they do in life. Now, if they need to specialize, like narrow it down and want to be like a rocket scientist, well, yeah, they're going to need somebody who has expertise in that field. But as far as general life, what you're doing in elementary school, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't do better than me. Not even a chance. Yeah, some of the smartest, also some of the dumbest, some of the better, but some of the worst kids that grew up being homeschooled, they all have that in common. And it's exactly like you said. It depends on the who homeschooled you, mm-hmm. you know. If you're Jeffrey Dahmer in your homeschooling, you will turn out worse or different than if Mother Teresa homeschooled you. you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't. Homeschool has such a bad name, right? A bad rap. Yeah, but it's not. I agree. It's not homeschooling. It's who did it. Because mm-hmm. there's some lazy ass parents out there. Oh yes. That I, give their kid a book. They just do the check mark, you know, the, uh, you do the book, come back, we'll test you and move on. Yeah. I'm not sitting with you all day, every day. It, I'm going to be in here with mommy juice. Even, that's yeah, wine that's right. but anyway. even more so there's a new trend called unschooling where it's like, we don't feel we should structure anything. We're just going to go outside and if they find a caterpillar, then we'll start researching the caterpillar. And there's a certain sense where I agree with, like, it's, yeah, like, that's interesting. Like, I don't necessarily see there's anything wrong with it, but I do know people. And, it, like, we've homeschooled, like, uh, most of our kids have only been homeschooled. And I 
cringe every time I tell people that we homeschool because of all these things that come up. And because when I think of a homeschooler, truly in my mind, I don't think about what we do. I think about all the dorks that don't shower, that have really bad zits, and don't interact with human beings ever. Right? Like I've I've got a homeschool conventions. They have the one of the biggest ones, and I don't know if it still goes on, but it was in Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, your neck of the woods there, ATIA, Bill Gothard. Man, those people are messed up. You know the Duggars? You know that show? I went to a conference with them. I played basketball with those boys, right? And now these is really messed up. Like, you see some of the stuff that's going on in that family, and oh, my word. Like, ugh. So I I get it. Like, I, the, the reason we homeschool is because I don't like what the government is trying to force on our children. And and they're they overstep their bounds, like mathematics, language, uh, you know, some science and stuff like that. The basics, great, perfect. If you get into like sexual identity, that's not your job, school, government. That is my job as a parent. You want to get into religion? Now you can do a broad look at world religion. That's okay. Not that any kid in school cares about it, but if you start saying that you shouldn't believe in creation and you should believe evolution over it, okay, now you're opinionating my kid. That's not right. That's a parent's job, and that's a parent's right. Like, if, if, if parents didn't instill in their children their own values, there would have never, there would, culture would not exist, right? Tradition wouldn't exist. Nothing would continue. It has to work that way. That's why yeah, we have the best cultures. That, one of the best things in school, when I went to school, was, hey, there's a thing out there called, Evolution. There's a theory called evolution. This is who came up with it. This is what he believed. Move on. This is, you know, there's a thing out there called religion. Here they are. Move on. They're not, they didn't go into what they believe. They said they were out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's move on to math. You know, let's move on to social stuff. You know, it wasn't. Uh, I think the only thing they gloss over when I went to school was. Uh, some of the crappier things we did to the natives. Mm, yep. But, you know, the the winner rewrites history, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh not I don't agree with it, but but if we're gonna tell the whole truth, you have to go back and tell the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were pretty bad to some of the natives. But you know what happened, you know, a thousand years before that? They were bad to each other. <laughs> Uh, there was genocide in North America, a true, no kidding, tens of millions genocide because they were tribal and only my tribe is going to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like what was going on and is going on in Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We, ah. we, we always get diverted. <laughs> Anyways, I get why people Ooh, cringe at homeschool. Yeah, so we went to homeschooling to, to tribalism, and then that was from friendship, and then this book. <laughs> and I have now finished putting it on my Audible and downloading it. Oh, good. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm going to get my son. My oldest son loves books. He can read like crazy. So I'm going to buy it, but also get him to listen to it because it's, uh, oh, man, it's so good. So good. When I listen to that book, I am so insanely optimistic. I'm like, yes. And there's things that I look back in my life. Like, I feel very blessed and very fortunate. Um, incredibly so. Um, you know, like, I just look at it even, 
you know, we 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 have these things we do, and you know, the people are like the kids are in school, and if they don't have childcare right now, like the like kids are home from school, what do they do? Stay home from work, and it's stressful. And you know, we've been able to help a lot of people out over Christmas, and you see these people, and they're like literally struggling to get by right now. And I'm like, oh man, I have never, ever been in that position, you know? And not 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 by anything that I've done, right? For some of it, but for some of it too. Like well, people that are very successful and wealthy, they can take credit for some of it. I always say this. I would say there's no reason why I wasn't born in some third world country to some family whose dad was killed and mom was a beggar. Like, there's no reason. I didn't do anything to be born into the family that I was born into. Now, that doesn't mean, like, I apologize and I feel bad for it. I got to make the best of what I have. And you know what? You work hard, you're going to have more. I feel very lucky that I was born into a family. My dad taught me from a very young age, you work your butt off. You work your hiney off. And I always have. I've always said... I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to be the hardest working person there. And that is, that is paid off, right? Like I've got a great life. I'm comfortable. I'm not stressed. I'm not worried, you know, and this book reading this, I'm like, oh, wow, this is even more optimism. I'm like, holy smokes, there's no limit. I don't know. It's a good book, man. It's good. But I think everybody in earth should read that book. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think we, uh, like I was, Born into a very poor family, had a lazy alcoholic, very abusive uh, dad, bio dad, you know, and a mom that did the best she could during a time where uh, women were allegedly, you know, held down. Mm -hmm. uh, she did the best she could, sort of. But instead of propagating that, you know, even as young as I can remember, as early as I can remember, in the broad picture, you're like, "Yeah, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. I can do better than this." Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you look over at your pops, you know, all drunk, passed out in his chair, and you're like, "Yeah, I can do better than that, some bitch." Mm. Uh, and you do. Mm -hmm. You just work hard because, also, as early as I can remember. If somebody says, hey, Todd, I'll give you $10 if you mow my yard. I thought to myself, even then, I could go over there and half-ass this thing. Mm -hmm. But if I want $10 next week, yeah, I'm going to do the best job I can this week. Yeah. And some of those lessons were just common sense. Mm-hmm. It was like inherent in my brain, in my my being that don't be short-sighted to, you know, getting the lawn money today. Mm -hmm. You're going to get it today, but do you want it next week? Yeah. And the week after, and the week after. Yeah. Okay, now do you want to keep doing lawns or do you want to do lawns until you can move on to something better? And now... Do you going to do that till you move on to something better and find out now that you're an adult, what is it you want to do? Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything special about me. So I hold a whole lot of the world to that same standard. You can't look around and see what you're doing is stupid. You can't look around and see that. Of course you can. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the 
inherent ability. There's no right from wrong. There's just, you know, defects in some people where they don't care. Or they choose wrong. Because uh, it's easy. Mm-hmm. In the know, moment, yeah. Crime is a whole lot easier and generally more fun. But it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard day's work is a hard day's work. They call for a reason. Because <laughs> it's, it's not easy, you know? I have done... I always say I would rather, you know, shovel poop with a rubber spoon than commit a crime. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Until I have had to shovel poop with a rubber shovel yeah. or plastic. And then you start thinking, oh, my God, I could rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You sit there and shovel poop. and. Uh, uh, yep. But I, I just... I understand how people go the easy route. But I also understand there needs to be such a consequence that it convinces you you don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can be convinced um, a lot easier than some people, you know. Mm-hmm. Some people, well, one of the guys I interviewed. Uh, during my time doing this stuff, he prefers life in prison because mm. it's, you know, he's one of those uh, in prison. He's like a gray man, mm. yep. right? Mm. So he's not a bad guy in prison, not a good guy in prison. No one messes with him, but he doesn't mess with anybody else. You know, he just goes unseen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the masses. And he goes, free food, free gym, free TV, you know, Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You're an idiot. That's funny. <laughs> I'm interviewing this guy, and I'm getting his take on this stuff. And he had the – he made the mistake at the end of it. Oh, what do you think? By what? By the interview. I think you're an idiot. What? Yeah, I think you should be put down. But that's just my opinion. You know, you ask it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm not a, you know, and then you try to say, you know, he hasn't committed any capital offenses. I'm like, you're missing the point. You have way missed the point. You're not, you're a burden mm-hmm. on society. Yeah. You're a benign cancer on my elbow. I'm going to go get it cut out. Yeah. And, and people say don't realize the the benefit of doing a good job. Like how you feel about yourself depends on how you perform. And it's good that it's like that. You know, people think that you need to teach children self-esteem. That's a biggest crock of hoo-ha. Like self-esteem for what? Teach them how to do stuff and they'll be proud of their accomplishments. Don't, don't teach. Oh, I've got low self-esteem. Do you do anything that's worth uh, accolades or praise or that is impressive? Oh, that's why you don't feel good about yourself. Go do something. Go produce something. Go contribute. Be valuable. And we won't need to teach you about self-esteem. You're just going to look at what you do and be like, oh, look at me. I'm not that bad. Yeah. You know, I this think a whole lot of concept the self-esteem is crap stupid. Is that they're teaching kids to be confused now. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that causes the low self-esteem. Yeah, that. Well, what do that you mean? I don't, don't know do if anything. I'm a boy or a girl. What do you mean if I don't know if I'm? No, this? no, What do no, you mean? I 
self-esteem problem was when I was in school, long before this whole gender confusion BS. I don't think self low self-esteem was as common. I think it's more. When we common. were growing up. Was, I know it wasn't when I was. I heard about it all the time in school. Self-esteem, 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 self-esteem. Oh, I didn't hear about it. Yeah. You're, you're what, 10 years older than me? Yeah, I'm 54, so. Yeah. I mean, in. I'm an old fart. In a couple, no, you're not. Uh, I'm also convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced that I'm going to live to 100. I, I just thought about that recently and things that are happening. I mean, you're too mean to die. Nah, nah. I mean that in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, it's like you know, they used to say you're too stubborn to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like, it's just funny. You know, you give people handouts and stuff. Like, of course they're going to feel like garbage. And then that produces less motivation to, if you feel like you're just like, a, you're getting money from the government, you're sitting at home, and somebody says, hey, I've got a job for you. Right away, you're not like, you're not in the mindset. Yeah, you know what? I actually contribute all the time. I do good work all the time. You're like, hmm, I mostly just sit around here, so I probably won't take the job. You know, and it's like, if you went out and worked hard for a day, and you look back and said, oh, wow, I actually did this. Like, like literally, I, I dug a ditch, a three foot of a ditch. That's awesome. You know, tomorrow's going to be three more feet of a ditch. And the more I work, the longer this ditch gets. We're doing infrastructure. We're, we're building this thing. It could be irrigation. Now we soon we're going to be able to grow stuff because of what I'm doing every day. That's where your self-pride comes in. And this whole self-esteem is, it's a stupid word. You know, oh, I got low self-esteem. It's because you're useless. Sorry. You know, and it's a cycle. And the government thinks, oh, let's just come in here and help people out. Let's hand out this. Let's do this. It's like, no, 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 no. Give them a shovel, you know, or give them a hammer, have them break rocks. At the end of the day, they'll look at a pile of rocks that they broke down and there's there's going to be more in it for them than if you just sit there and send them to a psychotherapist and try and convince them that they're worth, worthy human beings for doing nothing. You know, it's just oh, so and crazy. Psychotherapy is like every other industry. If they say everybody's mentally healthy, they're out of a job. Yeah, that's true. They're not there to help you. Get healthy. Get healthy because then you can't come back next week. That's true. I never thought about that. (laughs) I went to talk therapy a couple times. What's what's that? It's a kind of, it's not psychotherapy. It's um, you go to somebody who has mental health training. Generally, they are psychiatrists, but... uh, they're not looking at your mental health per se. They're helping you figure something out. Okay. And I went from, in 2014, I was, you know, working for uh, Homeland Security uh, in a very horrible office. I was being accused of things I never did uh, as far as a supervisor goes. Hmm. Uh, and I was fighting that. And it would, it's an uphill battle if you're white fighting a battle, mm-hmm. if you're a white supervisor fighting a battle in D.C. It's an uphill, unwinnable battle, and I won, and it took a lot out of me. At the same time, my I was working for the worst human being that's ever walked the face of the earth who wasn't Hitler, right? Mm-hmm. And it took a toll on me, and I that's when I started really hating People hating being around people. DC in general ruined me. And (laughs) 
I've heard it does that to uh, a lot of people. And my, I went to this talk therapist because she came highly recommended, and she happened to be a black female. We got along great. Now she's now a, an, a best-selling author, but uh, I talked to her one hour about five times, so about five hours total. She's like, "There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't let you know you don't don't feel bad that you don't like people anymore." She said, I grew up here and I hate this place. It, it's, it, just, it is uh, suffering from terminal cancer of hateful, lazy people. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, me, me, me. Free, free, free. <clears throat> and it really wears on honest, hardworking people. Mm-hmm. She said, don't let it. Um, she said, the best thing you can do is find a job, find another job, leave where the office you're in now. And I had already been, had uh, applications and feelers out there. Cause you don't just apply for jobs. When I was at that level, you have to know, you network your way in, mm-hmm. and, which is something I don't agree with, but it's a monster. And you got to deal with it. Yeah. So I left Homeland, went to FAA and all that did was convince me that the office I was just left wasn't the worst one in the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, the entire fe- uh, Federal Aviation Administration is corrupt and hateful. Hmm. I can't say that about any other place I've worked. The entire agency hmm. is corrupt and hateful hmm. in every re- aspect. And uh, maybe one day I'll tell you some stories. Uh, about how corrupt that agency is, but uh, I, I'd like to because I've worked like close. Most of my working career has been doing work for the FAA in or alongside them, right? Like working for the airlines. Not getting, everybody who works in it yeah. is bad. I know some very good human beings that work for FAA, mm-hmm. but the agency itself mm-hmm. is horrible. And within the agency, uh, air traffic is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But anyway. That'd be cool. No, I'd like to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, and I have factual stories, not, oh, I heard from a guy. Yeah. Um, hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Maybe that'd be a good story for another time. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I wanted to talk there, and she's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't let anybody tell you there is. And she's like, you're the least, because I was telling her what I was going through at work as a supervisor with being accused of being a racist, uh, and she's like, oh, my God, you're the least racist dude I've ever met. Hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, I I followed the rules. Mm-hmm. I don't care what color, religion, sex, nothing. I don't care what you are. You promised to come to work and do a job for this pay and these in um, benefits and entitlements. Yeah. You're not upholding your work. So I'm not upholding your job. Yeah. I document it. I do everything the law says. Then I fire your lazy ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, and you just happen to be, you know, what uh, whatever you are. Yeah. And uh, I got, well, the agency, me as a supervisor, but the agency was sued three times. Oh, wow. Won every one of them. And... Uh, 
the last one, that that woman, when she sued, it was so frivolous, she wound up having to pay the agency's legal fees. Oh, wow, that's funny. Now, the agency waived it because it was hundreds of thousands of dollars that yeah. she could not possibly pay. But still, the the the, the, the judgment was there, right? Huh. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, ooh. Fun stuff. It, I, That's a probably but it good... put me in a place that I didn't want to be in mentally. Yep. I mean, it really crushed me, and I still hate people, but anyway. Yeah. Right on. Well, go listen to this book and see what you think. It's, it's, it's caused me to question whether I'm right or not, which is good. Yeah, I think, I think we, get, we become uh, too stiff-necked. It's not good. I always need to question everything, including your own personal beliefs. Anyways, we should probably wrap it up. I gotta get to work. Didn't realize it was so late. We've been uh, the little timer here says like a two seventeen or something, two eighteen. Yeah, that's a good long podcast. A long episode. Yeah, yeah. Or for you know, first one back, first one for the new year. Don't expect it every week. That's right. We love you for listening, but we we get know. paid by the hour, so. <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> Zero dollars. You know, double of nothing is still nothing. People. That's right. It's mathematics. Right on. Well, yes, thanks, everybody, for listening. No, Thank in you, fact, Todd. I think we're paying to do this job. Oh, we are. That's true. So, because our time is worth something. So. That, and we pay to host, and we pay to oh, post. Yeah. Like like this Squadcast yeah. is like 10 bucks, 20 bucks a month, and then hosting fees. and. Oh, yeah. We are servants. Hey, this is a this is a civil servanthood. <laughs> it is. This is our yeah. charity. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're giving to you people. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyways, uh, one thing when you said charity, I'm always thinking about because Masons are big on charity. I was supposed to go for my initiation this Saturday, and that got canceled again because of the cold. <laughs> They're like, it reared its ugly head again. I said, this doesn't have an ugly head. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, you're making it sound like it's a monster. But anyways, I just figured I'd give you that little update. Cool. I was, I've been this close how many times? Like, this is the second time. I've, the last time, I think I was two days away from my initiation. So I don't think I will ever become a Freemason. I, I don't believe. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's for the best. But, yeah, who but, knows? Yep. Right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. Thank you, Jeremy. You enjoy. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Ciao.